We are live, everybody from Arlington, Virginia. This has been. Hi, this is what our third, no, second day of canvassing, and it does seem like three, Christine. You're right. And listeners, this is, I think, our first in a series of little segments we like to call field notes. Short little snippets from the field, straight from the ground, from the people talking to voters and knocking on doors and being in community with each other. So if you're wondering what's it like to travel with CP, wonder no further. Just listen to us and then ride along. All right. So um, there's how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of us here at this table right now. We'll do a quick round of introductions, right? Just get your name and like maybe what trip it is for you <laughs> with CP. And then um, we'll share some stories from the field, what it's like. We met two of our candidates today this morning, uh, Parisa Dekani Tafti, running for the Commonwealth's attorney, and Adele McClure, running for Virginia State House as a delegate in the newly redistricted District 2. So we'll just share and then go from there. All right. I am Ben. You have heard my voice. And if you haven't heard me, you have seen me at CP. Um, and I am one of the three team leads on the ground here alongside Puya and Chuck, who you will hear from soon, very soon. And I am very excited to be here with the group that we have. This is my some 20 something trip with CP. I don't even count anymore. <laughs> All right, Angie. Never mind, Puya. <laughs> All right, I'm Puya. Y'all heard me earlier today. Have seen me at some point in Zoom or travel with me. Um, if you haven't, please do. I would love to meet you. Um, one of the team leads with Ben and Chuck. Trip, I don't know, 20 something at this point, but I do need to go back and count them. That would be cool to know. Hello, my name is Devin, <laughs> and this is my third trip. I work with the Institute for Common Power as a senior project manager, and but I'm here with CP and loving it. Hey, this is Chuck. I just pulled that mic away. <laughs> Stop interrupting, Ben. Uh, this is my fourth trip. Did you hear that, Ben? <laughs> I did, I did, thank you. Uh, and uh, I'm a team lead on this trip, first time ever for that, and I am so honored to have been asked to do that. I'm having a great time, and uh, I will pass it on to my cohort. Hi, I'm Beatrice. Uh, this is my second trip with CP. Jim Applegate from Illinois. This is probably my fifth trip. Most of my work has been in Wisconsin to this point. But uh, glad to be here in Virginia. Had a great opportunity to meet two wonderful candidates this morning. Uh, it was very encouraging and heartening to hear that people like this are still interested in running for office, and they deserve our support. Hi, this is Christine. I'm the representative uh, baby boomer here. Uh, what about Jim? Uh, well, they, neither one of the previous two baby boomers wanted to admit to it. So, <laughs> I'm here to learn everything I can from these Gen Zers because they know how to do it all. Oh, and I've been on lots of trips. Amen to the Gen Zers. Uh, this is Matthew. Um, I honestly have no clue which trip this is. I've lost count. A couple trips ago, I have no clue. Probably it's I don't it's probably like 1920ish somewhere on there, um, and I'm I'm here in Virginia to pitch in as much as I can and, and you know 
try to get the right people in the right places. My name is Angeline, but I go by Angie. Uh, this is my sixth trip. Um, yeah, I feel like I've, I thought, I'm surprised that it's like, most of you of you have only gone on a certain amount. Like, thought you guys have more experience because of how awesome you are. Um, what else did we say? Okay, that's it. <laughs> Lovely. All right, well, obviously we're not going to do a round of answers for every question here, but I think we should, we, that would take a while, um, but I think maybe we can start with what Jim was bringing up, which is that we met our candidates that we were knocking on doors for this morning. They had meet and greets with us separately at our hotel and gave some really nice insights to the race, to their work, and ultimately their passion, right? So I kind of want to ask the group, did anything they say, either one of them, stuck with you throughout the day when you were talking to voters or resonated with you, you know, beyond that? Who would like to start? Christine. Um, one of the things that I, I'm in the medical field, so uh, it was very heartening for me to hear uh, the candidate, <clears throat> Parisa, uh, for the Commonwealth attorney talk about her efforts to uh, seek out people who have significant mental health disorders and try, rather than sending them to prison where they don't get the help they need, to see if they can't plug them into a system that will give them give them the care that they need. So that was very uh, heartening for me. Um, I think Parisa was, you know, really amazing, and um, she's actually the first like Iran and American candidate that I've ever worked with, or I think CP has worked with, which is really exciting. Um, so there was that like connection with her, but then she was talking a little bit about more all the sides of um, both yesterday and today, um, all the sides of like being a prosecutor and how that's difficult for her. And that's something that I've thought about as like a profession that I might enter into later down the years, um, down the road, sorry. Um, and, you know, when she was saying, like, she struggles with, like, prosecuting people, and that's a good thing in a way. Um, that was kind of a fresh perspective that I haven't really seen or heard. Um, that, like, you're not supposed to be really comfortable with prosecuting people because it's a difficult thing to do, but it's also sometimes necessary. So um, her just talking about the work that she's done, um, it seems very likely that I might do the same things that she has done. So it was kind of cool. I think something that uh, was really powerful that one of the candidates brought up, Adele talked about network poverty, and she just kind of mentioned it in passing, and we asked her to elaborate on it, and she talked about how important it is to be able to be in connection with other people um, and how that connects you with critical, critical resources and how you know many folks in our country do not have the same access because they don't have the same uh, network reach, uh, the same you know people who they can just easily dial up to get things quickly. And so she talked about her own struggles with her own candidacy, like going to multiple banks to be able to get what she needed to be able to run and fundraising and having no one in her office for the first year and having to do it all on her own. And so it, it you know, so much of this is, is about access 
and access to critical resources. And some people in our country just have that so easy and others have to really, really fight for it. Um, and, and so I, I was really blown away by how she spoke about it. I uh, just echo that with she's actually lived the experience that she's trying to deal with, wants to deal with as a legislator. She's experienced homelessness. I think she mentioned that when she managed to get to college and graduated from college, her mother was in a homeless shelter when she graduated. Uh, we need more people like that in our in our uh, legislative bodies. Uh, the privileged white guys who are in there right now have no, even if they have good hearts and, and good values, they haven't had the experience to understand what the real problem is, and therefore they don't come up with the right solution. So having more people like that in in our legislatures and our Congress will ensure that we find the right solutions. Absolutely. And I think, too, that, like, hearing them speak and, like, getting, I think, a more closer look at their specifics, like what they fight for, and not only that, but like why they fight for it, and like how are they going to do that with their office, actually helped us become better volunteers, right? As Chuck was telling me um, earlier, that like we, when we talk to voters, and they may bring up like a controversial point, or they may bring up something um, that kind of like shows disinterest, like because we sat down with the candidates, we got inspired by them, we can speak to that inspiration to the voters, and I think it just made us a lot better outdoors, to be honest. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, any stories from the day that we would like to share? Ooh, Angie. I think one that me and Chuck both went to um, was this woman, and I think she was Latin American. Yes. Um, and I think it was, it was so cool because we were talking to her. Uh, well, we didn't really talk, but when we knocked on the door and we like told her like the elections are Tuesday, she's like, oh, my God, thank you for reminding me. And then we were able to tell her, that um, she should remind her family and friends. And then she told us that she had camp. Well, she did um, what we do for Obama. So no, Biden. Biden. Sorry, I'm like all over. But yeah, and I thought that was so cool. And I was like, well, we talked to Parisa and Adele and just being able to like have those connections. And then also adding people on LinkedIn, like even just the campaign um, workers was really nice. Um, so I went to this, you know, door, nobody was home, and then the next door that I was supposed to go to, um, the voter that I went to contact was actually in the garden, doing gardening work. Um, I spoke with her, I was like, have you heard of our candidates, all that stuff. Um, and she was a little bit cold at first, um, uh, she was like, I'm good, you know, I know who I'm voting for. Um, I was like, okay, you know, would you like some for me? She was like, I'm fine. Um, I went to the next door, nobody opened the door, um, so I put, they had a ring camera, so I put a message, like, uh, left a message. Um, and then as I was walking back to my car, um, she called me and she was like, that was so cool that you left the ring message. And she was telling me about how she was out of the country for 10 years. She's just learning the technology that's come out of that stuff. And um, she eventually was like, yeah, I've been, um, you know, like canvassing myself or like letting the neighbors know about, you know, they can adopt the tree and plant them and stuff. We're free from the state. Um, and I'm going to start doing that. That's a good technique. I was like, great, use that. Um, and then she was telling me, yeah, how she's like progressive and stuff, and she's going to vote for the candidate. I was like, it was interesting. At first, it was like, I'm good, you know, and it was kind of cool. But, you know, leaving the left, you know, the message at the ring was good enough for the other person. So, yeah, it worked out. Matthew has one. 
It's going to take a while. No, but my conversations earlier did. Um, I had, so I had a conversation. Um, yeah, this guy, um, he, he, he didn't really like, uh, he, he was okay with Adele, um, but he didn't like the other candidate. He just, he said he disagreed with, with so many things, um, from, from her, uh, persecution to, um, the fact that he thinks that she's absent in neighborhoods, um, that, you know, he, he said that, um, I, I don't, I don't think she comes around. I don't think she's a, she's for the people. Um, and so I kind of identified, um, that, you know, this guy was kind of stuck in his ways early on. Um, but I realized that, that sometimes it's important to hear the other side too. Um, regardless of how impenetrable I thought, uh, this guy's wall was, um, it was interesting to hear these viewpoints, um, from the opposing side, um, given that normally the only people we communicate with are those that we think we can sway. Um, and funny enough, after 20 minutes of, um, of, of kind of going back and forth and sharing ideals, um, the, the guy mentioned, you know, Look, at the end of the day, I don't like her, but I'm I'm gonna end up voting for her. Um, you know, he he made it out to be a lesser of two evils thing, um, but I think I, I think that he appreciated that um, I put the effort in to at least listen to him, um, regardless of how obvious it seemed that he wasn't gonna change his mind in the first place. So, yeah. Um, I think, too, is that, like, one of our candidates, Adele McClure, her opponent actually dropped out, like, halfway through the race, but, like, after the ballots were printed, so their name is still on it, but people know that, like, Adele is basically a shoe in right? And I think when we talked to Adele, she said that's why one of the things that she audit, she says is that you, um, she asked if the voter knew if they've been redistricted, because the entire state has been redistricted. And I think at the doors where I've gotten voters that maybe be reluctant to vote for Parisa or have like, you know, said, I'm good. You don't need to be here. You know, I open with that. And like, I think people kind of stop and we're like, no, I didn't know that. So I think too, that, um, so, so much of what we do is not just like to help people into office. It's also to help voters understand like how to use their right. And that actually has opened up a lot more doors for me than I expected in Virginia. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about the guy with the wolfhound? The Irish Wolfhound? No. The, oh, Christine said, no, I don't want to do that. You can. <laughs> no, I just think uh, there's this one story where uh, so much, so many of our conversations happen outside of the list. Chuck is laughing at me because we're hitting 15 minutes, and I said that was my deadline. Who's <laughs> going over? It's me. I know. I'm going over. <laughs> Wait, real quick, real quick, real quick. Okay, so so um, this guy, he's not on our list, but so many of our conversations happened that way. He had this dog, and then he, we were just, like, learning about his life, and we were just learning about, like, how um, the Republican Party has pushed him out over the decades. Like, he used to be a moderate Republican, but now that's just not a possibility anymore. That's why he's voting Democrat. And, again, like, talking to people, you kind of realize the nuance outside of the bipartisan politics that we are, not bipartisan, hyperpartisan politics that we're used to on media and stuff. So that's why all of these experiences on the ground are really valuable, at least. Okay. Everybody says thumbs up. Okay. All right. We're wrapping up, y'all. Um, Charles is also here, by the way. We have another team in Richmond. 
<laughs> so we're not the only one. There's two teams in Virginia right now, one in Arlington and one in Richmond. And Charles was with them in you know, Richmond for the first day. Then he just got here to Arlington. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything on this podcast, but since you introduced me to of everybody. Course. Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is How long are we at, Matthew, by the way? 18 minutes. 18 minutes. Wow. Chuck, is that okay if we go longer? Is that okay for you? Okay. 1645. Wow, see? Barely over. Can I ask Ben why you wanted this to be 15 minutes? I just like things short. You want it to be shorter? All right, all right. I felt like I threw a number out there and I felt like I had to commit to it because I said it. This is good. So um, I love that we're doing this. This podcast has been, um, for the past year maybe, has been about various topics, some of them connected directly to CP and others um, kind of in the CP community. Um, but now the fieldwork team is taking it over. And so you're going to hear more of this kind of content with us live in the field doing the work, either talking about the doors we knock on or talking about working across difference, just being in the community while we take action. And that's that's the difference. Um, they will be shorter podcasts, according to Ben, uh, and, unless Ben takes it longer, which is totally fine. I'm totally yeah, fine with that. If other people take it over and take it, make it longer, it's not okay. But if she does it, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All podcasts should be less than 30 minutes, though. Part part of part of 14 minutes. Part, part of this podcast is also about Ben's development, which is wonderful. That's great. Um, so yes, I'm I'm coming up from Richmond. Totally different set of candidates. Uh, down in Richmond, um, there's a there's a black woman running for office who's running against um, one of the I, I can say this one of the worst Democrats, the worst. The worst. Puya says the worst Democrat, worst Democrat in Virginia, worst in Virginia. Democrat period maybe. I don't know all of them, so let's uh, Virginia. He may be. So there's a there's a few. His be. name is Joe Morrissey. First of all, her name. Um, is Lacherise. You know, I've been saying her name three different ways at the doors. It's not her um, but her last name is Aired. There you go. And that, you and that is all they need to know. <laughs> that's, all I, that's, that's me trying to, I'm, I'm trying to come to your level, Chuck. Thank you. Yeah, this is, that's how we work across difference. <laughs> we meet each other in, with our flaws. Um, so, uh, Lacherise Aired is a wonderful candidate on her own. She's been in the state ledge for a while. Um, she's done a lot of good work with no-knock warrants and with uh, benefits for teachers. She's a mother. She's well-known as a – she's been uh, in politics since she was an aide. So she started from the, from the ground up. Um, and so New Virginia majority, our local partners, love her. The person she's running against is a horrible human being, period. Um, I think – so the, he's known for fighting. Physically and, and metaphorically, um, the community knows him as somebody who has put black people in jail and then said he was a defender of them. He himself was in jail when he won an election and he would um, commute from from prison to yeah. the state ledge while he, he really was, had like ankle. What do you call it? An ankle ankle bracelet. Yeah, the bracelet. <laughs> he would go to the uh, state yeah, there was a, a time that he fled. Somebody it said he fled to Africa during one of his sentences. Yeah, and he uh, <laughs> one time the Democratic Party just pushed him out. Yeah. Um, 
And he was like, you know what? I'm going to run as independent. And he won. And he won as an independent. <laughs> they pushed him out. He won as an independent. And he rejoined the party. This is, so he's, and then he, there's this other thing about, um, how he treats women and him hooking up with one of his young assistants and having a child with her. She was underage, by the way. She was underage, right. Yeah. That's right. And he's got like eight kids. Yep. So he's, he is, he's horrible. He's horrible. And I think the community has forgiven him a few times. He's a familiar name to them. And there hasn't been this moment. Both the candidate and aired and also him saying that he's willing to vote for, um, for vote against women's rights, basically. Restricting Rupert Yeah, to break with the party to do that. This is why we had to come here to Virginia Beach in January and help Aaron Rouse win that seat because they only had a one-seat majority, and this guy was the person that they'd been counting on, the Democrats in the Senate, to block this kind of bullshit from rolling through. Can you can you curse on this new version of the podcast? Okay. It's with, with Ben. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. This this bullshit that the Republican Party is trying to pass here to take away women's rights in Virginia. So we helped that happen in, in January. Um, and now we're we're helping to give them a two-seat majority or more. Are one of your candidates in the state senate up here? No. It's no. House. It's House. Okay. Yeah, we want to give them um, a true two-seat majority with Fisheries. There you go. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's been very cool down, down in Richmond. Uh, it's a different vibe maybe than up here in Arlington. I, I knocked on one one guy's door, and it, and it was an older black man. And... Um, Matthew, you know what it's like knocking on doors in a black neighborhood and the older black people treat you differently. And so he like, I knocked on the door and he stepped out. And this is one of those like, hey, young blood, what's going on? And he, and he like started, so like, I gotta talk to him now because he stepped out on the porch with me and now he's, he's, he's wanting to talk to me. Did you have one of those? What, here? Like, like here? Yeah. Uh, nah. Nah, but you know what it's like. Yeah, nah, it feels like home. Yeah. It like, you just, it, it's like a different environment. Right. Like, it, it's like, um, I go to Hood College, like, and Hood College is a PWI. Like, going into a black neighborhood. What does that mean? What does that mean? A predominantly white institution. Okay. All right. Um, and, um, and Frederick, the place where Hood College is at, is mostly white. Mm, okay. Um, very, okay. very, very small minority population. I would liken being in a black neighborhood, canvassing in a black neighborhood, uh, you know, as opposed to canvassing in uh, a white neighborhood, like stepping on Howard and then comparing that to Hood College. How Howard University? Yeah. yeah. And Howard okay. is one of the most historic uh, black. What, what is the? Yeah, is HBCU. The yeah, there we go. HBCUs mm -hmm. in the in the country. Right. Um, it's just a different vibe. Like yep. it's a it's a it's a love in the air. Yeah. Um, and and you you connect with people easier. That's right, and that and that's all the neighborhoods we've been knocking in down in Richmond has been have been like that. So it's felt very la relaxed for me. Yeah, I felt like I was at home. But he wanted to talk to me for ten minutes, and his biggest complaint about the candidate was that she wasn't single. Single. That was his biggest. Is that she was a mom with kids, and he he uh he had a problem with that, but he was still voting for her, so it was all good. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool. That was very cool. It's been it's been good. I'm happy to come up here and spend time with y'all. Um, there is a request to have Ben come back with me to Richmond after this. I'm just here to pass that message along. I'm sorry. From the team down there, they want you to they want you to come down to Richmond. 
No, no, no. One of y'all have got to stay up here and watch Chuck. Okay, that was what was told to me. Wait, can we give Chuck the mic? Because Chuck is like yelling from the rafters here. Chuck, how how has it been for you, man? Are you, how are you doing? I'm loving it, but I have nothing to say. You have I, nothing to say. <laughs> for once, I have nothing to say. I love everyone. I appreciate I I appreciate Ben and Puya. They're they're doing all the work, and I get to take some of the credit. It's lovely. Very cool. Very cool. All right, so we're probably at like 15 we're minutes now. We're good. You would like for us to end. Oh, yay! Go, go, go. 31 minutes just to say. Listen, our last podcast was 30 minutes and 43 seconds. Was it very good? Okay. See, it was it was short and substantive, just like me. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so so how, how has it been for you, Ben? About what? Just being up here leading this team, how's it been? I mean, I'm co-leading this team. I feel like I've done more supply and logistics, like food. I'm always thinking about like the next meal, yeah. and I think the thing is that not not too early, Puya. You gotta plan ahead. Listen, yes, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. To have a good team, you need to have good food, because people do their best. A well-fed team with good food, because that's when they're energized. Cause like, and they are willing to hit the doors the next day. You know. There's okay. All right. Okay. Okay. But but here's okay. okay. So you have not been just doing logistics. There's a part that the team gets to see that's out in front of everybody. Oh, you want to talk about action assembly. And there's a part that's behind the scenes. No, no, no. no. Uh, I just mean in general, I mean you. I mean you, okay? So part of this podcast is going to be stuff that we talk about that everyone normally gets to hear, and then some of it's going to be behind the scenes. So you you are not just one of the many leaders in fieldwork. You help design the way that fieldwork runs right now. Okay. So a lot of what these people interact with, how Chuck was prepped and Therese down in Richmond and what Jessica's doing down there while you're not there, the action assembly stuff they're working on, the action assembly stuff here, who the volunteers are on this trip, the fact that Devin's here and what Devin's doing here and the prep that's all stuff that has come from you, Ben, you. So seeing your plans roll out in real time, how does it feel? Really good, actually. Okay. It feels like, and I think it's not just a plan, because you can have plans all day long, right? Okay. But there's a reason why um, I can just talk to Jessica and talk to Maria and talk to Therese, our other team leads on the Richmond side, and just, you know, not think about them while I'm in Arlington, because there's good people doing the plan. And even if the plan doesn't work, there's good people to do stuff other than the plan, right? Yes. Yeah, because I think I think what we do in, in field work um, as a department is that we align on what we want to happen, like what we want the outcome to be, we want, what we want people to experience, and not necessarily, we don't have to agree on how we get there. And I think trust is a big part of that. And yes. I think um, that has gone very well for us. And I think, I don't know, there's just like a certain sense of... Um, it's not comfort, but it's like, I'm good, right? I don't have to know anything or touch anything, but I'm good. Because, yeah, there's a confidence. Confidence, Devin says confidence. Yeah, Devin says, yeah, that's actually a really good word. There's a certain confidence that comes with having good, a good team. So there's a, there, are, there are plans and there are people. Um, the, the part that maybe is the glue that you're talking about a little bit is partly fieldwork, and a part of it goes beyond fieldwork. 
and that's the culture that exists at CP. Yes. You put those plans and those people in the context of a broader culture, and it fills in whatever gaps are there. And that's one thing I love about being a part of, of this community. If we're making people uncomfortable because we're, like, you know, complimenting them, a part of, like, CP's culture directly comes from Charles. Like, all of that, all of the holes and the gaps and, like, maybe the direction that we're going to next does come from our ED. And I think we're just making it reality in our very different ways. But it does come from you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, we're definitely okay, at 30 Okay, now minutes. we're done. Now we're done. We're done. See, see, he got shy. More so. later. <laughs>